Hi everyone and welcome back to Sober Politics. Um, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how I'm doing and also um, like as usual sort of related to, you know, it's sort of like a thread um, from the beginning of this podcast um, speaking about abuse and experiencing abuse um compounded abuse, how it works, the mechanisms, how people treat you, how the people around you treat you, um, and the people around the abuser treat you, um, and how so often um, abusers are the people who get away with it, um, are supported, are vindicated, are made to be um, the one who was wronged um, while you're sort of left to pick up the pieces um, a lot of the time um, by yourself. Um, And I know this by talking to um, or through talking to a lot of survivors. um, I think that one of the most important words that I use um, around abuse is like other than like the state of abuse is compounded abuse Um, and it's when abuse just piles on top of each other and I think I have actually mentioned when um, in the last podcast that I want to start compiling um, research and adding statistics and things like that Um, I do encourage anyone who's listening to this to um on the one hand, like, bear with me because, um, I am going through a lot and I do read a lot. Um, I just don't, I'm just not, frankly, like, organised enough to, um, collate all that information, but also the process is usually, like, I feel bad, I'm thinking about this type of abuse and so I'm going to read about it and then I read, 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 but I haven't sat down and taken notes on it. So it's a totally different approach to um, what is perhaps the more sort of what you would call like the scholarly sort of academic approach of, of looking from the outside in when you're actually, this is um, something that is, I'm, I'm in. And so it's, it's, it's a totally different um, framework within which um, to produce sort of um, information or knowledge or whatever you want to call it or con- a contribution to the co- uh, body of knowledge um, surrounding things like abuse um, so um, <clears throat> I think yeah that's that's um, and also I don't have I would say like the the training for it I don't have the support or the the, the structure to to produce um, um, as I would like to um, but at the same time, I think that in whatever capacity I can make these podcasts, I think that they're important. So I think one of the things that I've been dwelling on is like, um, I think what sort of triggered this, this, um, podcast was sort of coming across some things to do with Britney Spears, um, in the media. And obviously she's someone that I grew up watching, listening to her music, singing her songs, all that sort of thing. So I sort of listened to her recent, I don't, I haven't followed what's been going on I've, at all. Um, but I just came across like, apparently a, a testimony of her speaking. So I thought it'd be interesting to listen to her rather than, um, you know, what other people have to say about her, which is really, really important. 
Um, and, you know, it was part of a sort of discussion panel. And so they, they put the video, the audio on the video and then um, had a discussion afterwards. Um, but I wasn't so interested in that. I think everything that you need to learn about that situation is, is said through her words. Um, and so I think it just takes me back to the beginning of the year. Um, so now it's July um and it's six months i would say yeah six months um since i was targeted by um you know a ringleader someone who's known to be a misogynist racist white supremacist calls himself a communist um you know sort of swp socialist workers party propagandist um someone who's very um, sly, someone who's very underhand, someone who really like tries to present themselves as someone who's, um, you know, socially conscious and like such a good person and all of these things. Like, I think it's um, the thing that I, I think I'm realizing that um, I'm sort of going back to is what I was trying to deal with at the beginning of this year, which was um, basically I'd moved to Deptford, Deptford, which is in sort of south west, south east London, um, south of the river, river, um, and it's an area which I didn't know very well. It was the middle of winter. It was the middle of quarantine or like you know where you couldn't go out um not a great time of year um and I thought okay um I know that one of the things that is sort of weighing me down and hurting me a lot is that sort of like bottling up what happened to me the abuse that happened to me while I was in Italy when I first arrived in Italy trying to process um how I was groomed and um and then assaulted and then you know abused uh, in so many different ways by so many different people who frankly took the side of the abuser the person who had assaulted me even though I've said it in maybe in the previous podcast they knew what he was like and they would tell you to your face to this day yeah I know he's like that and this is the society that we call civilized or like normal I'm not saying that this is something particular to Italy, it's not, it's something that happens everywhere, um, happens here in the UK, happens in London, where you think everything is fine and dandy, it's absolutely not, I mean, it's so normalised to the point where I think I just statistically speaking, the rate at which men abuse women is phenomenally high um it's so disturbing um and I, and these are not things that are just happening you know like when when someone gets seriously hurt serious what you call serious and why I, I really don't like the word microaggressions is like yeah since then I have come across certain types of behaviors from certain types of men um not men who are close to me thank god just yeah, I'm not going to go into it, um, who are misogynists and who are really sexist and are really, really, really outrageously uh, racist. Um, and 
so much of the time it's like, oh, it's a joke, or like, oh, no, they were drunk, and so that's their past, and so, like, the next day they don't have to be held accountable for it, so they can do it again. They can do it again, they can do it again, they can do it again, they can do it again. It's part of the culture. It's literally a part of the culture here. And I'm saying this with a great deal of authority because I was born here, I grew up here, I didn't just stay, you know, within my family um, circle and only, like, you know, stay within my own community or stay within my own, like... Um, anything like that. I've travelled, I've gone through so many different types of friendship circles and, like, you know, sections of society and different types of, like, fields of work and, um, you know, so many different areas of of life um, to reach a very strong, and I will not budge from this, um, that, yes, we live in a rampantly sexist, misogynist, like, disgusting, disgustingly misogynist society um even just going for a run like I went for a run a few weeks a couple of weeks ago on my own which was probably a mistake I'm living in a very 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 white neighborhood it's where I grew up um and yeah like people men just stop and stare at your body (laughs) um and there's other people around it's not like that man has stopped and there's no one else around and there's no no they do it because they they feel completely free to stop once they've seen you stare at you as you walk past your your whole body like you know I wore shorts for the first time I think in my life outside (laughs) pretty much I'm pretty sure yeah um and felt like I needed to go running with someone you know I didn't feel comfortable and this isn't like some it's, it's, it's a very well-to-do area. Um, so that's it. That's, that's, that's the way it is. Um, right before the um, white supremacist, misogynist, freak, <laughs> you know, like absolute weird, 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 super, super, super weird person that I was living with, um, Louis, I've mentioned his name in the previous podcast, um, who, you know, comes from a wealthy family, pretends to be communist, pretends to be down with the working class, is absolutely not, just wants to stick his head into that space and um, try and control people or feel better than other people or feel like he's so enlightened, like some sort of, like, saviour complex or some sort of, like, god complex. I think it's the god complex. Um, You know, was a model um, completely sallow. Um, I think that's the right complexion, sort of, like, death, deathly looking um because for some reason that's something that model modeling agencies looked for like 10 years ago um you know purely you know something's very subjectively um <laughs> attractive you know you sort of get thrown in your faces like the epitome of 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 beauty we know what what um that symbolism is representative of um white supremacy um and that's what he feeds off. That's what he's so obsessed with um, and is so foundational to his existence. Um, so being around someone like that, number one, I'm kind of like looking back and being like, wow, I'm a really tolerant person. Um, you know, you sort of try and take people as they are and you're like, OK, I'm not like that. I'm not into that. I'm not blah, 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 blah. But they're different to me. And that's OK. Um, until you're 
difference is not acceptable to them. So you might be like I am, like very fine with people can do whatever they want, you know, like if as long as they're not hurting other people, like infringing on other people's rights, do what you want. Like I genuinely don't have a don't be rude, don't put people down, don't be mean, you know, don't be racist, don't be misogynist, don't you know, that that's pretty straightforward, I think, um, for me. Um, but I think other people it's not so straightforward because they have a opportunity to flex their you know their dominance over you and they take it because we live in a society that condones it that has done so for centuries um so I actually thought I was in a good enough space to start the like sort of putting together what happened to me in Italy um, the abuse, and obviously it was very difficult to start writing it up, um, what happened, because it's just so difficult to go back to that time in my life. Um, I was completely alone, like, that's how it was. I was alone, and there was this person who'd offered me a place to stay, and was attempting to groom me. He wouldn't leave me alone, um... And it didn't take long for me to escape, but the damage had been done. And I think other people who haven't had that experience will say, oh, they, they might jump to the conclusion that it's, it wasn't that bad. But having being in that position, having someone assault you in a room full of people more than once um, is something that, I've learned that no matter how much I'm trying to like move on from it and not let it affect me for it's been more than two years three years um it's still there until I manage to deal with it in some way that's effective and it's not easy at all you know like verging on thinking about do I need antidepressants like what do I need what do I do need in my life because I don't trust anyone um, to be perfectly honest, so, yes, it was only, like, a week, literally, like, a few days before this ringleader that I was living with, Louis, attacked me, um, started his campaign against me, um, I told him, I, I made it clear that I was beginning to start putting together what happened in Italy um, and he knew exactly what kind of a state like vulnerable situation or position I was in in being in that sort of like how do I you know dip into that pain and um, bring it to the surface in a safe way for me Um, to handle to process to um, think about and um, work out what I need to do I haven't gone through that process so I'm still there because obviously once I was that vulnerable once I was alone once it was complete lockdown once it was um, yeah I was I was one or two notches less strong or less protected or yeah quite significantly actually um let's say more than one or two because compared to where I was living before where there were lots of people around um the level of like uh support or like um ways of like 
him being held accountable or for someone to notice what he was doing, those all those things had fallen into place for him to start his prime prime it was prime time for abuse, basically. Um, and I know because I've spoken to people who have been abused by this person before, um, how just how cyclical it is, just how pa- there's a pattern. That's what this whole podcast is about. But I think um, what I'm really struggling with is the fact that I didn't go through that. I was ready to confront what was happened, what had happened three years ago. And the predator decided to start his campaign. The predator, like I don't, I don't. I've said this in another podcast. Like I genuinely don't think that there's enough words for these people. Um, I can't imagine. I frankly can't imagine like living with someone who's so vulnerable, who's trusted you enough to live with you. Um, shared like parts of their life with you, you know, cooks, makes tea for you, like, you know, like a normal cook meals together here and there. And, you know, like, like, like normal behavior, like normal human behavior, what I would call like, a normal coexistence with other people, um, to then take that person as a target, because they've threatened you and increasing that the more that I had become stronger, more sure what I where I want to go with what I was working on. Obviously, the exposure of what I'd experienced in Italy wasn't the only thing that I was doing, like I covered in my previous podcast, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, my best to build a school I realized that it shouldn't be two schools it should be one school because I can have like the central school and then it can have like a language department so you know it's something that I think about pretty much like continuously it's my passion education is my passion like wanting to create a new way of educating people and allowing for for that space to to exist without the pressures of like financial pressures um you're not qualified apparently to have an opinion pressures um you know because you didn't go to the right schools and your parents don't have the right jobs for you to be considered um you know worthy of being listened to you weren't born into the right um ethnicity you weren't born into the right class you weren't born into the right neighborhood you weren't all of that is deemed irrelevant like within what i believe is education um it's not something that obviously we just look around you like what is our education system built on like it's literally like elitist bullcrap um you know there's a hierarchy there's a caste system there's you know if you're born into this you go there and then you know obviously there's some people who break out of it of course there's some level of mobility but I have written about um you know vertical and horizontal mobility um and how the most dispossessed people in society generally seem to only have, actually they only have um, horizontal mobility, they don't have upward mobility. Um, And that's what I'm trying to avoid, because I know what my chances are. I know statistically what my chances are, and they're not great. So that's just a matter of fact. Um... It doesn't get to... I don't think about it like that um, often at all. I think... um, 
it's not I don't think about it like that but when I look at where my life is or where when I'm helping other women who are struggling with things um, and I see like where that abuse is coming from very much institutionalized like I I can't breach sort of like privacy with you know obviously the other people that I know and people who who are reaching out or whatever but my god the number of like the amount of abuse that is meted out by um government institutions especially with regards to housing um is so disturbing it's beyond belief like i can have a conversation i can call up on behalf of someone and have a much more like i get more respect right from me being assertive over the phone on someone else's behalf than that actual person who needs the help and I'm talking about literal literally calling up government agencies which which are supposed to be in place to help vulnerable people um so the vulnerable person will get locked out of their own account over the phone while I can get through and sort of get extension like deadlines extended when I'm not even that person so why is it that the vulnerable person somehow they get like it's just like they they almost sense that they're they can take advantage and they can um abuse this person um and if you don't if you don't have the power if you don't have the yeah you don't have the energy I don't know how like you don't have it in you to be so assertive because you're so vulnerable you're you're experiencing a disability you are in a situation which um yeah you're incapacitated in some way your mental health is too too bad whatever it could be you're physically um not able to do certain things they pick up on it and they will target you and they will shut you out the system um until someone comes in to help you if you're lucky um and i i i have to i no not i have to i choose to um participate in this um and it doesn't it hurts a lot obviously it's very upsetting um but at the same time like it, it's it's it needs to be done and so i do it um so to know what can be done what should be done what you can do as a human being as another person next to someone else who is suffering who is going through a really tough time who is trying to process trauma who is trying to process abuse who is trying to process mental health deterioration or you know even physical deterioration all of those things and not just physically in terms of their body but their environment and their family maybe even or even their marriage and their relationships with their partners or with their children or with you know their parents or whoever right you can see that deterioration and what what kind of person would choose to take advantage of that someone comment on that or sit and reflect on that because that's what i was faced with um and that's what i had to that's the kind of evil pure evil um that i had to that i was living with so for someone for that person that i was living with to be fully aware of what had happened to me in italy fully aware that i was vulnerable fully aware that i was literally you know on the brink of like writing it up i started to type up some things um to decide that um attacking me through lies was going to be his way forward um 
gaslighting, that's what it's called. And I outlined it very, 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 very clearly while I was going through it to maintain my insanity. And that's the only reason why I have my insanity, you know, is this podcast. Because trust me, I could not have gone through that situation um, without some record of what had happened. Um, um, like, safe and sound, you know? Um... So I'm trying to look for a snack that I thought I'd got, but I don't have it. Um, so one of the things that I know I'm doing better is that I'm feeding myself. I'm not like underweight. I think I was kind of like a bit underweight um, through the winter. Um, quite aware of that because of how my clothes are fitting me or not fitting me. Um, I do tend to um, lose weight um, when I'm not okay and one of the I think one of the horrible things about that is is when you sort of get comments about your weight like they say oh you know you're too skinny or you do this but sometimes it's even tinged with this sort of like jealousy and you're just like can you just not talk about make comments about it because I'm really not okay and that's why I'm like you know, like this right now, um, and you can't say it, so it's sort of like this whole obsession with, like, being slim, which is stupid, um, uh, yeah, (laughs) frankly speaking, um, so I think that's gotten a bit better, I know that I just genuinely don't trust people, um, I'm not that outgoing person that I was, um I don't know how much of that is also like obviously a combination of of COVID you know like an outcome of that but I definitely am not like that person that I'm known to be um I think there's a lot there that's been taken um in terms of like how safe I feel when I'm out um, meeting new people um so I haven't processed what's what happened in Italy um, I don't know when I will. I'm trying to, like, write a book about the other types of abuse. So, literal, outright, you know, un- unfiltered, let's say, unfiltered um, fascism. Uh, which is, um, you know, it's part of the same... A system of abuse is connected to the initial abuse because um, fascism, ultimately, if you read about it, and I encourage everyone to do that, it takes time. Um, You need to have an interest in it, in a sense, because it's something that is perpetuated as something that happened in the past, but it's actually not. It's something that continues to the present. It just mutated. Um, And so... um, yeah, mutated. I wouldn't say evolved because it definitely hasn't evolved. Um, just mutated like a horrible, horrible, horrible monster that it is. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of the foundational ideas of fascism are um, placed within the study of eugenics. Um, so it's a little bit difficult to get your head around, um, because they're new, they were new terms to me as well. Um, 
and it's dark, it's really scary to know that a hundred years ago, less than a hundred years ago, um, you know, people were really, 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 really believing this, like, in a really, 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 really open way, and, and trying to, like, scientifically prove the inferiority of other other people, basically, based on biology, which obviously didn't have any um, basis, really, um, no, yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's, it's so paradoxical in nature, um, the, the, the ideology of, of fascism, because they're like, oh, we have to keep our blood pure, but it's like, if you think that that's a good idea, you know, like to inbreed, then, you know, that's really not, um, so it's like, like really bad idea, um, in, if you want to create like the master race, like they wanted to, um, or they still want to, they still believe in it, um, it's not really an ideal situation to breed, you know, such close genetics and produce children based on that, you know, so, so adamantly, um, so it's kind of stupid. So on the one hand, I do like definitely take it like that. But at the same time, I'm really, 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 really acutely aware of just how, because of first-hand experience, just how much um, this idea actually exists in people's hearts and minds and act- actions and practices and their social lives and, yeah, everything in their work yeah, it's totally a way of life. Don't think that it's, like, something that people just pick up and put, you know, like, um, you know, one day I'll choose to wear, like, one colour nail varnish and I choose fascism. One, No, 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 no. It's like the um, Israeli minister for something? I can't remember, but look it up. Uh, so disturbing. She uh, um, had an ad out, um, something along the lines of, like, I spray myself with fascism. So she had a perfume called fascism, and she sprays it in the morning before she goes out, apparently. So, you know, it's that. It's But it's even more than that. Um, it is, yeah, it's what they smell of, it's what they put on themselves, it's what they like, it's what they create, it's what they promote, it's what they take into the office, it's what they take into the school, it's what they take into the gym, it's what they take into the yoga studio, yeah. So it's it's quite it was quite a good um, exposure actually to the reality of, of of fascism like that advert I have to say say it was a parody but I don't think anyone who I don't think anyone who take seriously um, opposes some um, fascism would would produce any anything number one as um, tasteless fundamentally uh, crass as that but also you wouldn't joke about something like that um about fascism because it's not a it's not it's not a joke um so yeah I think dealing with all of those things um uh yeah how how abusing women is so interconnected with um fascism is because you're sort of reduced to as a woman and as also as a man you're reduced to your biological reproductive sort of essential um state and that's why I'm really interested in Giorgio Gambin because I think he talks about this quite a lot um I really want to read more of his work but it's very difficult to process sometimes I think it's um you know I I 
I am really very much self-taught. Um, I don't have a mentor. I only attended university for, you know, two two terms, one and a half terms. Um, I wrote first-class essays in my first term because I had a really, really, really good mentor. I had someone who I could talk to about my ideas and what I wanted to write and where I wanted to go with my essays and things like that, who had such an expansive and accepting um, my professor I'm speaking about um, uh, open because I think because he was a young professor um, way of um, letting me write basically what I wanted to write and I don't know why that's such a novelty I don't know why that's such a almost like such a um, what would you say like like a diamond in the dust or like you know like you just don't find that sort of flexibility that sort of like acceptance of that and why that's ridiculous that's so authoritarian no you have to write what we tell you to write and using the sources that we give you and you have to write the same essay that everyone else is writing that's so authoritarian um so i don't accept that and I couldn't accept it and it made me very uncomfortable because it's something that I can't do I can't be be told to do something which doesn't make sense to me and I won't do it so that's why I ended up struggling with my studies after the first term I really 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 struggled with my studies I couldn't um, produce the work that they wanted me to produce I couldn't you know there were other things going on like trust me um, my life was falling apart um (laughs) while I was at university my first term like other than that you know I was producing first class essays like even though I was being threatened with being homeless um on the verge of being homeless um didn't have any money um obviously um had did I have a job no I was teaching by that point so I could make money but I also had to juggle that with you know, being at uni and struggling with that. And then also, yeah, just so many things were falling apart at the same time as me fighting for my rights to to my, my own mind, you know, to my freedom of speech, my freedom of thought, individual thought. Um, that's all I wanted. Still, that's all I want. And I would want that for everyone, not just for myself. Um, can't take away from that. Uh, People take that away from people without taking away their humanity uh essentially um we know that that's why so much of the time it is taken away because it's useful to take away people's humanity so you can manipulate them you can control them you can be like you can hold that their humanity on a like a carrot on a stick so you know the foundation going back again to abuse of women um yeah so your your um, biological purpose is dictated by largely by you know who your family are, how rich or poor you are. If you're a domestic worker, you, then you, you you know you're this. If you you know if you're nobility, then you know obviously you you are God, etc. 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 So read it. It's been a while since I sort of read about that stuff because it was mostly while I was in Italy, but I should. I really, really encourage you to read about those, uh, about, yeah, the history of fascism and, like, I don't mean just, like, other people's interpretations of it. Read the papers, like, read the actual um, uh, documents, you know, the historical documents. Read first, um, what do you call them? Um, It's called, like, 
first hand, first hand data. Um, sorry if I'm not using the right term, but basically like secondary and prim primary sources, use primary sources, read the primary sources, read the primary documents, read the official government document documentation from the history of Italy and you'll find some very, very disturbing things in terms of like what, what women's bodies are for. And then the idea of um, obviously the virile... Um, masculine Italian man, stallion. So that's where the Italian stallion bollocks, like absolute flipping, ridiculous sort of like... Uh, I mean, why are people so uneducated? Like you would just think that you would know that how inappropriate certain things are, but apparently people don't. Um, and it, it's, I'm not just talking about when people use stupid terminology like that or stupid like terms like that, but also like when people are being misogynist or being sexist or like doing certain things which are blatantly flipping out of order. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just beyond, it's, it's just simply like really, 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 really bad maleducato. Like it's, I think that means like, impolite but I think in English what I really want to say it sounds like the right word in Italian but it's not um it's just so bad the edge it's like who the flip raised you you know like I lost my dad when I was five I my mum doesn't speak English um you know like I grew up like having to raise myself a lot of the time like t teaching myself finding ways to like guide myself and I know when to flip it. I know what, like, I'm, I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist. I'm not a miss, you know, I'm not horrible to people. I'm not, I don't target people. I don't, you know, like, make jokes out of people's ethnicity or their class or their, you know. So it almost seems like it must be a choice. It's a lifestyle choice. It's a convenient lifestyle choice. It's the one that wins. It's the one that gets you ahead. It's to be that person, clearly. Absolutely, this society rewards abuse, rewards abusive people, abusive personalities, psychopathic personalities, sociopathic personalities, narcissistic personalities like the one that I was living with, and they're flying monkeys, um, they're cronies, and yeah, people have written about this extensively. There are so many videos on YouTube about this, about narcissistic personalities, and um, you know, the way they treat people with impunity so yeah it's just knowing for me how complex um the frame is the framework is and knowing that I'm just one person and also I've become so afraid of the outside world and I just want to find a job or not even like a, a job like a project like a creative project which allows me to not even have contact with people and it really made me think about um uh, the first generation uh, immigrants who came here in the 60s and 70s, mostly in the East London, who would be like my mum's aunt's generation, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, so the old, like, older, older sort of generation, um, two generations above me. And how they um, had uh, sewing machines, which they would use to... Um, sew clothes and sell I think for like factories or for like shops and stuff but it was something that they would do in their home and you know some mums I've I've read and I've seen documentaries about like they would literally be sewing all night all night
night long like they would do the cleaning and cooking and they would sleep like three four hours and then in the morning they'd obviously have to take care of their family and their kids and then they would like once you know there was like a routine and I was so um I can't remember the documentary yet I wish I could, um, but it was about like Bangladesh, British Bangladeshis um, in the UK. Um, yeah, and I just remember like the the daughter uh, with her mum, and she was showing the audience like the sewing machine that she had, like a really old um, singer. Um, and I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. I just want to create things sell them and not bother myself with other people with this with society because the culture here is filth. Like, should I say it again? Filth. And just go outside and see how people behave. Um, I am someone who really believes in respect um so yeah I've been to plenty of parties I've been to plenty of clubs I've been to plenty of like things that you know I'm I was never I've never like refrained from going out into the world um now okay so a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago two three weeks ago yeah one of my friends who I trust and I I I love and respect um invited me to a boat party and I've never been to a boat party let alone where everyone's wearing bikinis and everyone's like, it was a small group of people, it was like 12, 12 people. Um, and it was kind of like even number of guys and girls, which is nice. Um, and I had bought a nice like, um, like sort of really comfy bra, like um, a couple of days before. So I was like, I would just wear that because I don't actually have like um, a bikini top. And it's something that I would only do around people that I 100% trust um, because it's so rare to be in a situation where you can feel like that. For me anyway, like um, where someone's not going to hit on you, someone's not going to like stare at your body or like whatever. Like I said, when I was running, um, um, yeah, I'm, you know, like I, I... somehow for some reason maybe um you know I have quite long legs I have quite tanned skin um it's quite a novelty in this area and I think that people um feel entitled to to look to stare at you um because you're a bit different and with my friends obviously on the boat like I didn't feel uncomfortable like I I was so that's the thing it's about a culture my that cult that it is those friends are not the standard sort of they are above that they are above the standard culture here and that's why they're such great people um I'm not saying they're perfect because I don't I'm not that I'm not the kind of person who expects that from anyone from my friends from anyone around me they are perfectly flawed perfectly beautiful (laughs) you know people and I kind of like feel that because um like I said, and also because I was on a boat, so it was like away from everyone. It wasn't like I was in a space where anyone could access me. I was just with the people that I wanted to be with. Um, so I think progressing in terms of like art, um, I think I need to get a sewing machine. 
and start practicing um, experimenting and I think I'm gonna start making some skirts um, some summer skirts and see how I get on with it because I don't I don't trust people I don't um, the last time I did that um, was a monumental mistake um, and I don't I don't have time for it I don't have time for new people in my life like I've, I've thought about it I've thought about like yeah no I'm good I'm happy it makes life very difficult because it's not what people normally do. Um, you have to think, be very creative in terms of like how you're going to substitute your life, your certain aspects of your life. You're like, okay, I don't want to meet people face to face. I don't want to be. I don't want to be around men a lot of the time. So I'm going to only teach women. You know, you have to think of creative solutions and you have to be brave enough to actually like execute them um, and say, actually, you know what, like. I have full right to only teach women. Um, men have not proven themselves to me at all. And until that individual man has, they can enter my space. And that's, you know, on a respectful ground. And, you know, they know full well that, you know, there are other people around who are very protective of me. I have not always had that luxury. It doesn't stop them. Don't think for a moment that that barrier, that reality does. Like, you think, oh, if only I did this, if only I did that, if only I had this, if only I had that, the abuse would be less. No. Um, no. And plenty of people who um, would rather be on the side of the abuser than be abused are also complicit in men and women. Like the like Louis' girlfriend um, and his, his um, friend who was living with us, um, they are complicit because they would rather you take all the abuse than for any of it to be directed to them, towards them. And that's how a lot of things work. They like in office spaces, in workspaces, in uh, schools, in um, and there's a really, really good like um, new movement called Everyone's Invited um, to talk about like um, sexual harassment and abuse in schools. So check that out as well. It's like really new and um, set up by a young woman, which is fantastic. And I think it really does, like, yeah, I think that the, the choices that we have or, like, what people choose to do or treat people, it does, like, yeah, there are, there are definitely people who are more, like, socially secure, financially secure, whatever you want to call it, economically secure, who would and prefer that they stay in that position and let, you know, more vulnerable women um, take the hit um, and they will stay on the side of the abuser and work with the abuser, do projects with the abusers, um, because they're their friend. Friend, that's they, they bastardise that word. Um, so I remember, it reminds me of a time when I was at uni and was, we are dealing with a very difficult situation with racists. Um, and one of their friends uh, happened to, like, didn't even know her, like, she happened to be sitting on the same table as where I was sitting and um, I sort of like said oh this is what's ha what happened because I think she was sort of like asking or the conversation came up or something and she's like oh well you know of course I'm going to support him he's my friend and I was like you're a fucking idiot <laughs> like you're literally so dumb like I don't know how you're doing a master's program here but you are fucking dumb but that was the institution that I went to it was all built for rich elites and for really stupid people actually who don't want to question things who only want to question things in a way that benefits them 
<laughs> that fulfills their little niche um, or whatever like research project that they have. So again, I don't, I, I do have, um, I don't like academia. I think it's really corrupt um, from experience and from also other people that have experience in it. And if people are in it and they're honest, they would admit the same thing. Um, a lot of that has to do with corporatization. A lot of it has to do with uh, fascistic authoritarianism, you know, like, and hierarchies and, um, yeah, all of that sort of thing. So I don't, like, um, yeah, I'm trying to work out what to do because I feel like, as much as I didn't want it to, I was like, yeah, if I have everything in place, I'll be back to where I was, where I was all optimistic. And I was like, yes, my school is about to get up and running. I can have my like white website up. I think that, um, truth be told, like a lot of my self-doubt has been reinforced. The courage that I had to say, hey, I want a website and I want it to be creative, critical English. And I want it to be like this. And I want it to be done by a professional and la 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 la. Like, I think the fact that Louis's girlfriend, a professional graphic designer who only works for white clients um, who is, and therefore is a racist and backs her fascist boyfriend to the hilt, um, you know, refused to do, do the work on my website. And I think I know who I am, like, essentially. Like, of course I do. I know what I'm capable of. I know that that's why these people find me really threatening and that they, they put so much energy into just trying to destroy me essentially um but it does it did add a you know some element of like is that really if it didn't work out like separate from them like from louis and martin david um as as a cult um you know um i think on some level it's like if it didn't work out maybe i wasn't ready and that's fine with me because I'm under, I'm fully aware of how, um, yeah, how big a task a school is. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. And I'm an impatient person and I do get disappointed when it doesn't happen straight away. But if it's not happening now, there's a reason why it's not happening now and it means that I'm not ready. And if people like that could enter my space so easily and, you know, I, I need to work through a lot of things before I can be strong enough to say, yes, I have a school. I'm trying to get there. Um, and many, 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 many people will try to get in my way. That's why I don't let extra people in my space because I don't, don't want to deal with that. I need to focus and know um, where I'm at, which right now I'm not so sure about. But, you know, overall it has been a good three like a uh, little while like I've definitely done a few drafts of um uh sober politics there's a few things going on right now that I can't talk about um it's related to abuse but it's just it's just not the right time I think um a lot of things about housing are preoccupying me as well um and yeah but overall I think I'm a bit I think I need to get my creative hat on um, and I need to also like choose one project that I really want to dedicate myself to given that I know that the school is probably going to take a lot longer maybe I need to just be like that's not my primary project now right now I can maybe focus on women in art or yes I think that, that <laughs> this podcast has helped me clarify like what I really want to 
um, dedicate my time to and what makes sense in a sense. Um, because, yeah, the school thing is obviously, um, yeah, it's going to take so much time and energy and it's, it's, just, it's just a slow burning thing. I'm only 31 <laughs> and I wish I had my school already, but maybe I need to have women in art up and running first. Maybe I need to first get my own like place to live. Uh, maybe I need to be living by myself. Maybe I need to like work out my relationship between here and Italy. Maybe I need to work out a few things between myself and my family. Probably need to work out a few things between, um, yeah. Um, but that that's all really. Um, I think it's it's hard. I'm not gonna say that. Um, getting over what happened, um, being targeted like that by um really 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 like horrible mean um wow like people who are able to switch off their humanity like that like scares me so much um it worries me I don't I'm I'm like wow like if you want to be like that be like that but I'm gonna talk about it and I'm not gonna expose it because you're a fascist (laughs) and there's nothing more I think honorable than um exposing that um reality and being brave enough to expose that reality um i'm gonna just finalize with like a few words about like my health um so i think i would love to go out running again i'm definitely not gonna wear shorts um even though it's so nice wearing shorts um it felt really nice but i don't feel comfortable um i tan really easily my legs tan really easily um I never liked my legs like I never ever 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 wore shorts out I always wear baggy trousers I always 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 always. and then I go out and I'm like oh I probably have nice legs because I'm just being stared at like and it's not even like nice you're just like oh but at least I learned to like love a part of my body that I never did but it wasn't just that one incident that that allowed for that to happen I think it's just been a a process over time and also like I have been doing exercises to like correct um, some of the problems that I've had with my feet and um, my circulation I've always had problems with um, circulation um, until recently which um, I went to an orthopedic orthopedist orthopedist Oh, hmm, the foot doctor, um, and got some exercises, and they were I had a totally different experience with a private podiatrist. That's the one. Um, <laughs> um, then I did with the NHS over the, the last, like, say, handful of times that I've tried to get help with my foot problem. So I went for one session at the podiatrist and they really 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 helped me so much that I have the exercises to actually like when I was talking to my sister I was like oh yeah I've been doing these exercises and I think this helped with like this part of my leg and this part of my leg and this part of my leg and so it's you know balance juggling all of those things which I think are normal ordinary things for everyone to deal with it to do and be happy and doing (sighs) but sometimes I do feel like um how do I how do I get over the, like I said at the beginning, like the compounded trauma, the, the consistently, um, the consistent trauma that's, that's, um, um, that I'm faced with like far too often, several times a year, like two or three times a year. 
um, how do I um, recover from that and move on with my life? So I'm going to look into sewing machines because that will be interesting. I don't think they're too expensive. I think I'm a beginner, so I don't need anything too sophisticated. Um, and yeah, I'll let you guys know how I get on. Um, okay, um, I, go, I hope that you found this um, useful and interesting. Um, I might be repeating myself a little bit. It's because that's literally how things are right now. Like, um, same things that I'm trying to process are going through my head. Um, um, the way certain demographics, sometimes men, white men, white men perpetually get away with being a disgusting, filthy pigs of human beings. Um, while, like, I know, like, really, 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 really amazingly decent, um, people who are not white men, um, sort of get labelled and branded as, like, not good people or like dangerous or whatever um and they get targeted by society by the police by institutions by individuals it's really messed up not that i know in my heart and in their hearts like how they feel and how yeah it hurts but they are such good people and i think that that's sort of what keeps them going um and the other people are rotten they're rotten 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 to the core um yeah so I think yeah I do feel like quite accomplished at the moment I have things to look forward to this summer um yeah I think there are a lot of beautiful things in my life um I'm re-establishing relationships with members of my family that I Oh, I'm so grateful for. Um, and yeah, again, like there's always behind sober politics, there's always um, more. This is one hour. This is one aspect. This is one thing that's paining me. This is a lot to do with what I think people are not talking about. Um, aside from that, like I put a lot of energy into um, rebuilding my relationships with people and making sure that the people around me are okay um, as best I can, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to keep on top of it all, um, yeah, so that's the conclusion, um, everything is, is, um, a little bit all over the place at the moment, but I, um, yeah, just have to keep going, I guess, and, I'll update, I'll update you as soon as I can. Um, take care. I hope you took something useful from this. I hope you find the strength to be individual and creative and strong and don't feel alone when you're dealing with social degenerates. Um, yeah, they are. That's what they are. I know society um, tends to cushion them up and protect them I know I know but don't be part of that uh, for abusers and stay true to yourself